0: God's Word today, we will turn to John chapter 8, verses 31 to 36. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. God is the God of truth. God is the God of truth. God is the God of truth. He is the truth. And his word is truth as it says in John chapter 10 verse 10 that he himself is the truth and his word is the truth and by the truth he upholds his throne he maintains his throne so he upholds his throne by the truth as it says in Proverbs chapter 20 verse 28 that he Uh, upholds his throne as he is the king of truth, the God of truth, the king of truth. As uh, the God of truth, as the king of truth, he upholds his throne by the truth. And to those who know the truth, he gives freedom so that when they enter the father's house they can forever enjoy this freedom as it says in john chapter 14 verse 6. our faith is to know what the truth is so truth to know the truth is what faith is in our faith life is to live a life acting in accordance with the truth and enjoying uh, freedom in the truth so truth Freedom—it's a very interesting topic and may excite us. And uh, we can have much hope. Humans innately, innately uh, seem to want to know uh, more, uh, to know the truth. So when young, they follow after their parents or siblings and do uh, or speak as they do as this is what they learn and as they want to know more and do more so with the worldly knowledge they accumulate they want to know more and more and um, knowledge is a great asset uh, in the world so they go to school to learn through education and um, I read books as they seek knowledge Also, nowadays, through the internet, you can find so much knowledge. We are inundated with information, which we can learn from. And emerging topic is regarding chatbots. So there are these chatbots and uh, tools called the chat GTP, and through these um, artificial intelligence uh, companies, chat GTP is a chatbot created by a company called OpenAI, and they have released this tool and within two months of being released, millions have signed up and registered for it and are currently using it. So with AI, it's artificial intelligence, and that's man-made intelligence. So it's created by intelligence, created by man. And this is what AI refers to, especially with chat GPT. So even some professionals don't know about chat GPT yet, but this is new information that I found and have uh, looked into and it's a program to simulate conversations with humans. So you know what chat is, it's to have communication uh, and through these online apps you can chat and um, it's just so uh, incredible, it's shocking. If you have a question, and you want to know about it, you type that in and you can press a button and within three seconds you get an answer and it's just so shocking. So uh, you can even ask it to create illustrations or artwork or even music uh, or script Uh, and uh, they'll create it as uh, described. And a guy, a man named Jordan Peterson, who did research and taught at Harvard University, he asked Chat GPT, write me an essay that's a 13th rule for Beyond Order, written in a style that combines the King James Bible with the Tao Te Ching. And, um, This is what he asked, the chat GPT, and within three seconds, he received an answer that was four pages long, and it was just so uh, shocking. It was grammatically correct, and content-wise, it was perfect. So when you read the Bible, how long does it take? You all know. So some of you may feel guilty as you've not even finished the one through yet, but this chatbot was asked about writing this essay for the 13th rule, um, and in a style that combines the King James Bible and um, Tao Te Ching and, yeah, yeah. It, and within three seconds uh, it wrote an answer that was four pages long and it was just so he was just so surprised and said wow this is truly the end of the world who can be a professor now that we have chatbots you pay a twenty dollar monthly membership fee and can use these apps and these tools and receive these answers easily. It's quite shocking that you can receive such knowledge so easily. And as time passes, uh, as time progresses, these technologies are advancing and uh, becoming smarter. They're becoming better and and it's very frightening how quickly its knowledge is increasing and uh, We truly uh, live in a very scary world. Within uh, the realm of this knowledge um, and information, how can it be retained? It's uh, through education. But now, you don't even need teachers because students can interact with these chatbots and receive answers and they don't find a need to study or go to school for this information is easily accessible out there. And as the system of obtaining information is becoming easier, now what will be the result? Of that it will be a very scary and frightening outcome and why is it becoming like so it's because mankind by nature innately want to know more and this was derived from Adam our ancestor but even uh, before that from the devil in Genesis chapter 3 if we look there In Genesis, how did the devil deceive mankind? In Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? He knew what God said, but still asked this question. The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. So when the devil first deceived the woman and tempted her, he said, Did God really say, You must not eat fruit from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, You may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden or you will die. But the serpent said, no, you won't die. Why do you think he said not to eat it? It's because you will know what good is and you will know what evil is. As you will know, that is why God said not to eat. So the woman took courage and saw that the fruit was pleasing and she would gain wisdom and no more, so she ate it. And after she ate it, their eyes were opened It says then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So before that, did they not know they were naked? Maybe they had not seen anyone else with clothes and didn't realize what being being naked was. But after eating the fruit and their eyes were opened, their eyes were opened, they realized they were naked and sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So coverings for themselves. It's not like the aprons that our kitchen staff wear, but it says covering in this version to, which means to cover themselves. They realized they were bare after eating the fruit and they realized they were naked, so wondered why they were naked. And it was quite um, chilly, and there would have been drops in temperature um, with uh, night and day cycle, but they just lived like that. Uh, Like when dogs are cold, they curl up to maintain heat. But at that moment, they realized they were naked as their eyes were opened and uh, couldn't continue to live like that. So they thought, if I do something to cover up, it would resolve this issue. So we see here how humans made a self-rescue plan. They found a way to save themselves. So they sewed fake leaves and made coverings for themselves. So God called to man, where are you? And eventually they were banished from the garden. Did he banish them naked? Or with fig leaves? No, in, instead He clothed them with uh, garments of skin, animal skins. So do you think God knew all this would happen this way? He knew everything, that through man's de- deception, um, uh, being deceived by the devil, suddenly they received this knowledge and realized they could not live on like that. There, that there, there was no reason to live in that way, so they found a self-rescue plan, and sewed fake leaves to make coverings. But God clothing them with something else was to reveal it would not be through their self-rescue plan that they would be saved, but rather it would be through God's plan. So, and for animal skins, you, it, you need to slaughter the animal, it needs to shed blood. And this was a foreshadowing of death and life. So death and life, good and evil. Evil is death and good is life. So good and evil, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, So what is good? Good is life. What is evil? It is death. So good is blood, and blood and life are the same. So as a result of eating the fruit, they have now received death and life, life and death. Now they knew the meaning. Now they knew um, meaning they have ex- will experience life and death, good and evil. To know good and evil is to know life and death. And through the animal skins they experienced it as a foreshadowing of Yeshua to come. That through Jesus Christ's death they would experience being delivered from death and be given life. And we see starting from Genesis chapter 3 the whole plan of God unfolding. So mankind was deceived by the devil, the prince of this world, who attacked men to deceive them, to make them his slaves, and to give them this uh, knowledge. But because God had a plan, everything went according to it. However, the world and mankind were slaves of the devil, the ruler of death. And history continued on in this way. Then God called the people of Israel and liberated them from Egypt. And he emphasized for them to know, to know, to know that the Lord Jehovah is their God. The knowledge he gave them is your God is Jehovah and he is the one God. He is the Creator God, and He is the Redeemer God, is what He allowed them to know. So what did He allow them to know? That He is the one God. Uh, So that's why in the Ten Commandments it says, You shall have no other gods before Me, or else they be put to death. So this was to know the one true God and the Creator God who created all things. He can put things into existence, and He can put things to an end. And through the signs and wonders, though Abraham was past childbearing age, but he was able to have a son. Through this, it was to let them know he is the creator, to let them know this. And whenever they went to battle, Jehovah God was on their side. And as uh, their redeemer, as their savior, he would reveal that he is the one who to deliver them. So he let Israel know three things, that his name is Jehovah, and who is he? That he is the one God, and that he is a creator, and he is the redeemer, the savior. So this is what he allowed them to know. And, the, to, and it says uh, that his, this knowledge is great, it is vast. Um, as it says in Job chapter eleven six, that because this knowledge is so great, if they knew God and um, kept His commands, then as God promised, they would experience the existence and the power of God. And so He commanded them to keep His commands. However, if they did not keep the commands, then there would be judgment and punishment that followed. So if they kept the commands, uh, then he kept his promises. And if not, then came judgment and punishment. And this was the history of Israel. And they were to continue this. However, they became corrupted, and when they did not keep the law, they experienced destruction, as it says in Daniel chapter 9, verse 13. They became the people of the Creator God, and they received this promise and experienced great signs and wonders, the power of God. But as they were stiff-necked people, they forgot this and became ungrateful and did not keep the law. So therefore, they lost their sovereignty and were taken as captives and this was repeated throughout their history. And in the midst of all this, there was a span of 400 years where they had no prophets and were wondering if God had abandoned them and if they no longer had any hope. But however, there were still those who held on to the hope that God is the God of their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and God would keep his promise and would not abandon them. With such hope, they lived centered around the temple of Jerusalem. So the temple, what was there? In the temple, there were the stone tablets within the Ark of the Covenant and the name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And His name is Jehovah. And the God who they knew was Jehovah, the one God, the Creator and the Redeemer, Savior. And they had this hope that such a God would not forsake them. And before this temple, Yeshua appeared and what did he say? He said, destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. So this temple that would be destroyed, the temple of Jerusalem made by human hands and inside it was the name of Jehovah who was a one God, the creator, savior, the redeemer God. Well, kind of God was he? Jehovah God was the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the Israelites. They were his chosen people and all others, however, were regarded like animals who were a people without God and were treated as such. So, Their concept of God and uh, of Gentiles was like a contrast between heaven and earth. That was a big contrast. However, they were to still keep the the law. For if they kept it, they would receive longevity and prosperity and be blessed. If not kept, then they would be destroyed. Uh, but now um, this era had come to an end for I have come so who has come the the son of God the one and only son who is he who came as the son of God the one and only son the word became flesh now we have to look at this again in John chapter 1 John chapter 1 verse 1 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. So it says, in the beginning, in eternity, before anything was, before time, before anything, there was the Word. And who is the Word? He was with God, and the Word was was God so he was with God with God and he is God so God is God and the word is God also but the word being with God meaning he is one with God but three persons So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and one of the persons is the Word. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the Word is referring to the Son. So the Word was God, and in essence they are the same. They are the same. And in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through Him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. So through the word all things were made. Therefore the word is God, and the Word created all things of the world, so therefore is also the creator. So I asked, who is Jehovah God? He is the one true God and the Creator. So they are the same. And Jehovah God is also the Redeemer, the Savior, that He would fight on the side of the Israelites to save and deliver them. So, But then in verse 14, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son. So the Word is the one and only Son. The Word became flesh. The Word became man. So the one and only Son, Jesus, the Son, who is he? He is, the, he is the Savior. The Savior of the Israelites was the God who fought with them in battle. He is the God of the flesh, the God of the flesh to deliver their flesh, that he would fight with them to win battles. But the one and only Son, how would he save and deliver? Was it to fight with them and defeat their enemies? In the Old Testament, many Gentiles died as Jehovah God fought with them. But He is no longer such God who would fight with their enemies, the Gentiles, and lead them to victory in battle. But it says, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So so the truth, He came as the truth, the truth. and. He came as the truth, and by the truth He will save us, that He will set us free and save us by the truth. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, as it says in John chapter 8.32, that the truth will set you free. It will not be through the killing of enemies or defeating uh, them or the Gentiles. This. God of the Old Testament Jehovah God but Yeshua God came as the truth to set us free to set us free in order to save us is what he meant so he is no longer the God of the flesh not as a God of the flesh but as the God who would save the soul the savior of our spirits that is why he came as the truth so as we read in the opening passage it says he spoke to the jews who had believed him so it was not to the gentiles they don't even know who god it was so so the gentiles did not know who god was and there was uh but however the jews who did they know god as that he is the one God he is the creator and the, uh, the savior and in the old testament their concept of God was uh, different but now it's the truth uh, that uh, fulfills the law that the truth it does not nullify it or abolish it, it He it says uh, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have, come, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So he said, I am the truth. And the truth did not come to abolish the law, but he came to uh, fulfill it. He came to uh, perfect it. The truth is for those who to be set free from what? From the law. The law was the law of sin and death the law of sin and death in Romans chapter 2, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So Jesus Christ, why did he come to this land of the Jews and die by their hands? It was to set a foundation on top of the law that by the truth they would be set free from the law of sin and death. Not that the flesh would be set free, but it would be the spirit to be set free. It would be to set the soul free, amen. So this is just so perfect, how he executed his plan and carried it out so perfectly by fulfilling everything that he prophesied is just so amazing and as we read in verse 31 to the jews he said then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free and it seems uh, they forgot they were once slaves there so their ancestors were slaves in egypt and they said but they said they have never been slaves of anyone, so how can he say they sh- shall be set free? Uh, so they we are Abraham's descendants, they answered, We have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say we will be set free? So to be slaves in verse thirty three John chapter eight thirty three. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants. Uh, we have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say we will be set free? Jesus replied, truly, truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So a slave can never enter the father's house. Who can enter? Only a son can enter. So in John chapter fourteen six, it says, I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the way and the truth so Jesus Christ is the truth and if you know that you can go to the Father's house is what it says in John chapters 14 and chapter 8 so if you connect those together you can come to that understanding. So if you know that I am the truth how can you not understand Jesus said I am telling you what I have seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you have heard from your Father. That is, if the Son sets you free, you will truly be set free. And in verse 40, he says, I have told you the truth, that I myself am the truth, and what I heard from the Father, Is the truth. So Jesus himself is the truth. And the words he heard from the Father are the truth. And the words he spoke are also the truth. He is the truth. So the truth is something that is true. And it says, then you will know the truth. To know the truth. And what is the truth? It is the knowledge of knowing God. That if you know the truth, you will be set free. If you know Jesus is the truth and have the knowledge of knowing God, you will be set free. Set free from sin. Set free from being slaves of the devil. Set free from the law of sin and death. Set free, set free, you will be set free set free from the law set free from the natural principles so set free from the law and set free from the natural principles the laws of nature so freedom truth spiritually uh, they would be set free from the law their spirit would be set free. But this freedom was materialized through the works he did throughout his public ministry, which, for example, was healing the sick. And that power was given to him by his Father God. He performed these works, and the words he spoke are the words of the Father, and the words of the Father are truth, and he continued to say this. So many people, uh, uh, the many, the sick came and were healed by Jesus and uh, he also cast out demons. And when he sent them home, he would say this was done by the truth. And this was an event uh, to witness uh, the truth. That being healed from sickness, that a lay man was able to walk because Jesus said get up pick up your mat and walk and because he commanded he his life was changed 180 degrees so all the miracles uh, jesus performed throughout his public ministry when the blind came they were able to see when the mute came they were able to speak even the crippled were able to walk all of these transformations took place where they were set free from the shackles, from the spiritual bondage. And, it, and if they obeyed and received the command of Jesus, the word of Jesus as command, and they obeyed, then they were set free from the spiritual shackles. Hallelujah! So, Jesus is the truth and his words. His word is the truth because the words of the Father are truth. And for three years, Jesus did, repeated this. And later, Lazarus was dead and his body was decaying, and his sisters were mourning his death. And Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And to Lazarus, who was in the tomb, he uh, commanded, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. And at his word, at his command, Lazarus came walking out. Say, Amen if you believe. What kind of principle is this? what kind of law this is the law of truth and this is the law this is the principle so the truth surpasses the laws of nature the natural principles we see out in the world what is happening is um, we truly are in the end times truly and um these are signs of the end times that uh, it's the works of demons um, that are confusing people and leading them in the, in the wrong direction. But, so therefore, we have to be on our guard. But what we see that Jesus, that at what one command, though Lazarus' cells were decaying, so can it happen that decomposing cells be brought back to life? But we see Lazarus was brought back to life not only his flesh, uh, his body, but even his brain and organs were likely all decayed. But he came out walking and this is the truth, the truth. And not only that, Jesus also walked on water, water. So how can anyone walk on water? His disciples were so amazed how their teacher could walk on water and they were so amazed. And Peter was very bold and said, Teacher, Teacher, command me. So we all read this in the Bible, I believe. So Jesus was walking on the water and his disciples were on the boat. And they saw someone in white clothing. And um, they were frightened as they thought he was a ghost. But they realized it was their teacher. And Peter Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water tell me to come to you on the water. And what Jesus said was, Come, to come walk to me. Peter likely regretted saying that and was like, maybe I shouldn't have said that. For he saw the water, and if drowned, he would become fish food. But Peter was very courageous, and if, You believe in jesus you have to be very courageous amen so before jesus before the truth you take courage and so at jesus's command to come he said he would obey his command that he would obey uh, and he will walk that it's not by my ability but for your words are the words of the Father, the words of truth, as it says in John chapter 17, 17. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. So the words of the Father, the words of Jesus, and who is the Father? He is the God of truth, the God of truth. And the words of the Father are the words of truth. The words of the Son are also the words of truth. And He said, Come, And this is the word of truth. And Peter obeyed and he walked. He walked. And then the disciples were saying, Wow, you are great and this is amazing. And you're truly walking on water. Then he realized, Oh my gosh, the waves, the winds, I am dead. And then he began to sink. So, he experienced momentarily being a man of the truth and um, because he doubted and he returned back to a man under the natural principles. But Peter was courageous and uh, he cried out, Lord, save me and cried out to him. And Jesus didn't just leave, but he saved him on the spot. He didn't just leave him to die. So yes, he could have left him to die and bring him back to life afterwards, but Jesus saved him on the spot right there. So Peter, he experienced this, that in this natural body, he experienced the truth by walking on water. Of course, as Jesus is the God of truth, he can walk on water. The law that surpasses the laws of nature, the natural principles, that is the truth. So throughout his public ministry, healing the sick and casting out demons surpasses the laws of nature, and so such is not needed in heaven but because there are people who are still in the flesh, who still need to know and confirm who Jesus was for the three years he revealed to them. Uh, he, he performed these works to reveal to them the truth. And so he is truly patient and loving as he healed the, the sick and waited for one more to believe. So Jesus, uh, he could have said, from now on, no more sickness. Sickness be gone. Yes, it could have been possible. But instead, for the, those three years, every morning he woke up and healed the sick and cast out demons. Initially, yes, even in my experience, casting out demons is exciting. And um, But if it happens every day, you say, who are you? Get out. And, it, and uh, it, it's not fun. It's not a... It's not, uh, so you don't want to be seeing a demon being starburned and not leaving, um, but why did Jesus do this every day during his public ministry? It was so through this that people could recognize who Jesus was, that he was not just a man born in the flesh, but he is the one and only Son, the God of truth. Amen, hallelujah. He completed this work, but despite this, there was one named Judas Iscariot who witnessed all this work, all these miracles, but he betrayed Jesus. So Jesus, of course, would have known, and, but, and Jesus did know, and if it were me, I would have counseled him constantly to turn back but so so that he would repent and turn back. But if he did that, then it would not be according to his schedule. There needed to be someone to betray him for his will to be done. And that that is why it would have been better for him to not have been born. And of all the people, why did it have to be you to betray me? And then you take your own life as well. And that's why he said it would be better for him if he had not been born. And as um, as, as he died on the cross, he said, "It is finished." And when he died, he was flogged uh, and uh, was crucified. It. It wasn't with clothing on that he was flogged. He was stripped naked. He was stripped. So you know the strip dancers, it's called strip and it describes that they are naked, they are bare. And so Jesus was stripped, meaning he was naked. He was crucified and nailed to the cross. So imagine how shameful it was. For females, they would be turned backwards. Uh, They would be stripped naked, but they would be turned backwards. Uh, But the most shameful death, more than the pain, it was being stripped naked and nailed to the cross. It was just such a shameful uh, death, unsightly death. So Jesus was whipped and flogged and beaten, and with such torn flesh and body, he died on the cross. And when he died, he said, it is finished. It is finished. And what did he finish? Meaning he acted, it happened according to his prophecy, according to the father's will, him being stripped and his flesh being torn, he, he, his flesh tore and he shed blood. The animal skins mentioned in Genesis chapter 3, 21, it mentions the animal skins. Now this true animal skin that clothed them, the true skin was made at the moment of His death on the cross, where in order to have this garment of skin, His flesh needed to be torn, and there needed to be death and life. And in order to have garments of skin, there needs to be death and shedding of blood death, and life. And this is what Jesus completed and died on the cross for. By tearing his flesh and shedding his blood, everything was completed and fulfilled. His blood takes effect in those who receive his blood, and with his death, he shed his blood to give life to the Spirit. And that is why he said, it is finished. He died according to the command of the Father, and he believed the Father would raise him back up. The law to raise back to life is the law of truth. And because he believed the truth, he committed his spirit to the Father, saying, Father, I will die, but you will raise me back up, for you are the God of truth. So he believed in this truth and committed his soul to the Father, and the Father received him. Now with lies, the one who gives false information the devil uh, is now condemned he is a liar and um, he was condemned and also through his death Jesus redeemed mankind and set them free from the law of sin and death and the blood he shed was sprinkled on the souls of all spirits and by receiving it they would experience freedom freedom they would be set free from the price of sin and death. They would be set free from the past. Set free from the law of the flesh. Set free from the laws of nature. Hallelujah. So, set free from what? So, set free from what? Set free from the price of sin uh, and death. They would be set free from eternal death. Also, they would be set free. So set free from the price of sin and death. And they will be set free from the natural principles. And uh, this is described as the law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life. So he completed this work and he resurrected as the father raised him back up in three days. The father saved him and raised him by the truth. That if you do not believe the truth, you cannot believe in the resurrection of Jesus. So the Father saved and the Father raised him back by the truth. And he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Father, receive my spirit. And by the truth, he was raised back to life. And through this, he opened the way to the Father's house. He ascended to heaven and is seated on the throne as the King of truth. The King of truth. So by the truth, he upholds, he maintains his throne. And he upholds this by the truth, and there is no one to challenge that throne. And days later, he sent the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of truth. And uh, again, what is the truth? Truth, as I mentioned before, is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the truth, and then the words of Jesus are truth, as it says in John chapter 14.24. So Jesus is the truth, the words of Jesus is truth, and also the name of Jesus is truth. Now, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth helps us believe this and remember this. Say amen if you've received the Holy Spirit. If someone asks you, what is the truth? So people of the world and religious people think there's some great truth out there. But what is the truth? It is Yeshua. Hallelujah. And his words are the truth. Amen. And also the name of Jesus is the truth. Amen. With the coming of the Holy Spirit came the church, the church. And the church is an organization. It's a it's an organization, a gathering. It's it's a It's where the truth is common knowledge. So it's the kingdom where the truth is common knowledge. So what is the title of today's sermon? The kingdom in which the truth is common knowledge. So each nation has its set laws, and there are nations that have set laws to abide by and are strictly enforced. And others, on the other hand, where it's not as much. But the kingdom which we belong to is where the truth is common knowledge. And there is no other nation like this. So it's not America or Korea. But our nation, our kingdom is one established by the truth. Amen. So the nation, the kingdom established by the truth. And the church is the kingdom established by the truth. The church is the place that God gathers the souls purchased with his blood. So he purchased the soul with his blood. And the souls who were once slaves of the devil, he purchased with his blood to make them his people. And such church is the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And this is the church. It's the kingdom established by the truth. So, the church is the kingdom established by the truth. And the people of such kingdom are the believers, those who know Jesus as the truth. So, the first, the church is the kingdom established by the truth. And second, it is governed by the truth, which is the word of the Father, the word of Jesus. The word of truth is where it governs the church. Is it by the words of pastor, the decision of pastor? No. Who governs? What governs? It is the word of Jesus. It's governed by the truth, the greatest law. The greatest law, the law of God and His principle is the law of creation that surpasses all natural principles and is the truth that governs here in this kingdom. Wow, it is a great kingdom, isn't it? Amen. So we must be proud. It's the kingdom where the law of truth reigns and where the law of truth governs and it's the church established by the law of truth. Also, the church is the kingdom where the truth is common knowledge. So common sense, common knowledge. So such kingdom we belong to, the truth is common knowledge. Isn't that right? Is that right? As we lived out in the world, the the common knowledge was of the world, and it was natural. Then we started going to church and believed Jesus and received the Holy Spirit. Therefore, the truth must become the common knowledge. Amen. Philippians chapter 3 mentioned that the knowledge of knowing Jesus is the most excellent knowledge. It is um, the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's all-surpassing. It is excellent knowledge, which is incomparable to any knowledge in the world. It's excellent and all-surpassing, and it's the knowledge of knowing Jesus Christ. The knowledge of Jesus Christ, the truth, the truth, the most excellent knowledge. So the truth is of knowing Jesus Christ, the most excellent knowledge, the all-surpassing knowledge. Say amen if you know the truth. Then knowing the truth, what do you need to know? Who is Jesus? Jesus is the Word. He is God. He is the Creator. He is the Redeemer. And knowing this is the truth. So who is Jesus? He is the Word. He is God. He is the Creator and also He is the Redeemer who redeemed our souls and knowing this is the truth. Amen. And if you are one who knows this truth, then this is the greatest common knowledge. And this common knowledge is what you live on. It's not something you memorize like for a test. It comes naturally, and you live according to it, and that's how we ought to live. So if we believe in Jesus, then therefore our way of life must change from before we believed in Jesus. So after, so it's the kingdom, the church that knows the truth as a common knowledge the church that knows the truth as a common knowledge. And if you become a member of such church, such kingdom, then now your life must change. First, if you truly want the truth as common knowledge, say amen, say amen for that. First, you ought to pray, ought to pray. Why do you pray? because the pastor said so? No, that just quit. It, why do you pray? It's to receive help from God and that is the truth. It is not for help from humans or from the nation. And it's just so unfortunate that um, in order to find solutions to uh, different issues we see in the world, uh, there are conflicting opinions from the conservative side and, um, and talks of charities and of these relief works. Um, but if, if you know the truth and you know Jesus as the truth, then there is no need to be concerned about what to do to, uh, uh, to help the poor or the needy or the sick. There's no need to be concerned for the truth. You will be set free so prayer nothing is impossible with prayer from nothing he can put into existence if you pray you can experience and know the truth that through prayer you can testify that jesus christ and the words of jesus is truth amen and if one is sick and has uh, disease. Uh, they run to the hospital and uh, and seek doctors and try to receive medication and surgery and are hospitalized. One who truly knows the truth, do they rely on such methods? So you have to be set free from this. To be set free from the free of sickness, the fear of sickness. To be set free from sickness and death. You have to be set free from all of this. So therefore, no health insurance. If for some reason I faint or fall and you take me to a hospital, I will be very angry. I'll bite you. So I won't go to the hospital under any situation and I don't want to be on a respirator or in an ambulance. Just leave me to die. I'll receive it like it is time to go see God, like Enoch, who was taken and commended as one who pleased God. Hallelujah! I want to say hallelujah, hallelujah, and one day when I die, let it be. Amen. So why do you have this fear of death and sickness? It is because you are not yet set free. I am a man of truth. It's okay if I die. It's okay if I live, it's okay if I have sickness, hallelujah, if I am healed. So you have to surpass all this by the truth, to surpass the laws of nature by the truth. Amen. Jesus said to lay hands on the sick and they will be healed and demons cast out. Amen. So in the name of Jesus, we heal and we cast out and we pray in his name. So let us be such men of truth. And now we also live with zero possessions, with no possessions. We lay down our wife, husband, lay down our children. We live empty-handed. We lay it all down. We surrender it all, and we start empty-handed. Amen. That even, we, we say to our children, even if I die today, do not expect an inheritance from me. So Deacon Julie, you are laughing because you have no kids. But as a parent, um, many are concerned about uh, their children and want to leave something behind for them. So these concerns so, are because you are not yet set free. But inheritance is not something material, but it is the name of Jesus, the name of God and if you lay down and leave behind all this, you will receive a hundredfold in this age. So let us turn to Mark chapter 10, Mark chapter 10, 29. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the gospel will fail to receive a hundredfold in the age, in the present age houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and fields along with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. Say so, amen if you want to receive eternal life. This is our hope. But the condition for that is to lay down all our possessions, to get whether to give it to God or to uh, give it to those who need it, to leave it behind. But lay it all down, surrender it all, in the name of Jesus and as one with zero possession, now you receive the name of Jesus and the truth as your inheritance. So therefore you will receive a hundred times in the present age and in the age to come eternal life. So a hundred times for each thing you lay down, a hundred times, and this is the truth. So we are a church that encourages zero possession, no possession. This now, this is the very church where the truth is common knowledge. So to be ashamed of having assets or even a house, are we such a church? Amen. We're certain of that. Sure of that. Amen. Hallelujah. So in church, you don't have anything. And we say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's natural. Amen. God is just so amazing, amen. And then fourth, being persecuted as being crazy. Your parents in Korea are telling you to come back or saying, what are you doing with your life? Um, And you're being persecuted. So we're being persecuted for there's a reward. There will be a reward as it says in Matthew chapter 5, Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophet before you. Amen. For your reward is great. So, and fifth, a man of truth is uh, future-oriented. Meaning, uh, we leave behind all the things we have committed in the past. You leave it all behind. You put it all behind you. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 1 to 13, it mentions that forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, to press on toward the goal. Amen. So, not, so let us not be tied to the past. We are set free from the past. Those are who are in Jesus, those who are in the truth, are set free from the past. And we just go onward. What such nation is there in the world? In other places you search and see your history and crimes and everything comes up. But those in Jesus Christ, those who know the truth, they are set free from the past. Amen. So We ought to look forward and press on to the resurrection to life. Let us press onward. Amen. So today, I spoke of the truth, and the truth is knowing the knowledge of God. In Genesis chapter 3, the reason he told Adam to not eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is because It's the part of the dispensation of God where Adam would disobey the commands and eat the fruit to know God. So why was there the fruit in the garden? Why did he command not to eat? Because this would lead men to want to know God. And all this was so they would be set free from sin and death and know the truth. And ultimately, they become those who know the truth. However, the ruler of the air, he leads men to misunderstand and leads them in the wrong direction. Giving them false information to make them slaves. And in this time we live, it's a spiritual war, a spiritual war. And it's very deceitful with false and deceitful information. So it's like a lion trying to devour the people, the believers, to give up on the truth, to not know the truth, and even if they know the truth, to not live according to it. And these are the schemes of the devil, and this is the spiritual warfare we live in this day. So I mentioned about the chatbot, which is like an idol that cannot talk or speak for it's a machine for it's only a machine but who has given it the function to speak who? Who, humans have made but yes uh, it's the work of the devil all this is the work of the devil and mankind thinks it's a cultural advancement in technology and through this they're receiving uh, more information they ask and receive this information and knowledge but we are truly in the end times as there will come a time where something greater than the knowledge of humans possess will be in control and it will soon come. So this is with AI um, Artificial intelligence, which is a god created by man, it's a man-made god. A man-made god is what AI is. So, with all the data retrieved from the internet, they created uh, this AI, and now it's it man—it's man-made, and. Um, they have all this information and this uh, becomes a super AI like humans have created themselves and one day it will rule uh, the world this artificial intelligence And, um, and it's the ruler of the world who created this and this was created by man's own hands and this is a man-made god a man-made god so where did we see this in genesis chapter 3 that if you eat the fruit you will become like god that this day today it is happening isn't this frightening So if you eat, you will naturally die. You will become like God is what the devil said and how he deceived mankind. And now through this, through the super AI, this God that men have created, it's another God. It's another God that men have created, a man-made God. Another God. However, there is no other God than God. And in this time we live in, we have to be on our guards. We have to be careful, watchful, amen. However, our children are relying on such technology. They can retrieve all this information through AI. They don't need any teachers or educational systems. They have this. Which era are we living in? It's the end times, the last days, truly the end times. When the flood occurred, they were filled with wickedness. It was filled uh, with wickedness, and God had a plan to wipe out mankind. And um, it was during the time of Noah where the uh, it was filled with wickedness and sin, and He could no longer tolerate the wickedness and evil and all things of the flesh, the fleshly sins. Therefore, through the flood, he put an end to all flesh. However, now it's not just these fleshly sins, but men have created a God with their own hands that will one day rule the world. Do you think God will stay put? Now what will happen is that... What will happen? That it will be burnt in the lake of fire. And that day is coming near. So we have to be awake. And every day we live, we we do not know when it's going to end. We're just accelerating towards the end times to the end of the earth. So information is accumulating, and it's exponentially increasing, it's accelerating, and soon it will come to an end. And we, it will end soon. It will surely end. And what do we have to do? We have to hold, live, holding on to the truth. Amen. By the truth, we can be saved. We have to know the truth to escape from this world. So let us be those who are set free by the truth.